We are back with another episode of Dynasty Decisions, episode number 104. We break down your Dynasty teams. We talk about your decisions that you have to make, your rookie picks, all that stuff. Big week coming up for the fantasy football scene because the NFL Combine is about a week from today. About a week from today, we're going to see the running backs, the wide receivers, all those guys testing, working out, weighing in. It's going to be a big time news cycle, so you're going to want to keep it tapped in over here. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you want. Your team featured on Dynasty Decisions. You know what to do. Free submissions clog. It's getting pretty long. I'm not going to lie. So flockfantasy.com promo code FSE is the fastest way to skip the line and get your team covered. But before we get into it, Danny, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. And yeah, like you said, I mean, a lot of your league mates are going to start plugging back into the Dynasty uh, scene after watching the Underwear Olympics. They're going to start, you know, theorizing about their rookie picks, planning out their next year. This is the time to get deals done. People are starting to clue back in after they probably took their hiatus after their playoffs. Now is the time that you start getting active. You start trying to make some moves. And we got you guys covered with Dynasty Decisions as always. But with that being said, let's get right into it. All right, so a quick reminder before we get into the first team here from Brian Jones, our Dynasty Rookie Draft Guide is live right now. The Dynasty Wall Street Journal 2024 edition has 30 prospect profiles, our top 30 rankings. I just did a massive overhaul and update of my overall Dynasty Superflex rankings and my one quarterback rankings as well. So if you guys are doing startups, if you're getting ready for rookie drafts, best place to be is over on Flock Fantasy. And of course, you do get first priority on these videos. Um, when you use the promo code FSE for 30% off. So let's get things kicked off with the first team here from Brian Jones, a 10-team half PPR league, four point per passing touchdown, one quarterback, start eight. So very shallow league format, not a lot of depth required in this type of league. Joe Burrow, Tua, Jared Goff at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, and some others at running back, CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, Brandon Ayuk, those three top 10 dynasty wide receivers. Then you got Amari Cooper, Marvin Mims, a couple other guys there. Uh, Mark Andrews as your main tight end with Tucker Craft there in the wings. Doesn't look like he has a whole lot of draft capital to work with, just the 201, but that is basically the 111 in a 12 team league, uh, the 206 and the 406 with all of his future picks in 2025 and probably 2026 as well. Um, thoughts on the team? I mean, this is a pretty well set up starting lineup type of roster, right? It's a start eight. You're going to have Joe Burrow, JT, CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Mark Andrews. You've got positional advantages all over the place. Your RB2 spot's a little bit weak, but that's kind of where you want to be a little bit weak. Amen. Ironically, I think this is a team that actually could use some depth given um, you know, the lack of uh, star power after the top guys. But again, if you're going to need depth, this is the type of league you're going to want to be in <laughs> when you need depth. So uh, what are your thoughts on the team? And then we can get into the trade. I believe that he has currently on the table right now. Yeah, strongly built. If you're equating it out, Joe Burrow's obviously going to be your starting quarterback out of these three, but you have three ample options. I mean, if you were to tell me that this was a super flex quarterback core, I'd be content. So the fact that you have Joe Burrow, Tua Tungvaluwa, and Jared Goff in a one quarterback, very strong room. Your two running backs on a given week are going to be Jonathan Taylor, then either Austin Eckler or Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown with Brandon Ayuk in the flex at wide receiver, Mark Andrews at tight end, and then one of Amari Cooper, Eckler, Pollard is going to be your other flex. So yeah, I would say maybe adding a couple more names off the bench to your arsenal, but in a start eight format, if you're complaining, oh, I, I just need a couple more bodies to throw in in bye weeks, you're in a really good spot. Yeah, not to mention you have the 201, which is essentially the 111. You're going to get a Brian Thomas Jr., a Troy Franklin, a Xavier Worthy, somebody like that at that pick. The deal that he has on the table right now is to sell off Najee Harris and a third-round pick in 2025 for the 202, which, again, it's a 10-team league. This is essentially the 112 that he would be receiving in a 12-team format. So, I mean, mm -hmm. both of us, not really high on Najee Harris, the talent. He has some value in terms of, you know, depth to your team because your team would need kind of options to mix into the flex, but I'm pretty comfortable doing this. I mean, you're, you're going to tell me I, I can get one of those wide receivers that I just named. You throw in Lad McConkey, you throw in, you know, Keon Coleman, whatever wide receiver falls to you at 112, or potentially you could replace him with another running back. That might be around the area that we see RB1 come off the board. Jonathan Brooks, Trey Benson, Jalen Wright, Audric Estme, yeah. whoever gets the best draft capital, best landing spot. And again, we're going to see these guys in action at the Combine in Indianapolis. Hopefully they can test well because that'll impact how good their draft capital is going to be. Hopefully we get good medical reports on Brooks and stuff too. Um, I'm taking this if I were in his in his spot. Easily taken this, not to mention, uh, given the liquid asset the 202 represents, aka the 112 in a 12-person 12, uh, 12, uh, league, you can be able to transition that pick because then you would have the 201, the 202, and the 206. If you want to go big fish hunting at that point, I really don't mind either. Like, can you attach 
Like, would you be willing to attach 202 plus Amari Cooper to go get uh, an upgrade at that position too? Yeah, I mean, I think in a position where you're not, you know, looking really for depth, a league format that starts eight options. If you want to take a sliding Romo Dunze, or if you want to take even get, try and get a little bit higher up and see if you can get up to neighbors or see if you can get up to somebody like that. I guess it is a one quarterback league. So you have to get really, really high up for those players. Um, But at the same time, I I still think at the 201, you're still going to have options that fall to you at wide receiver. This class is deep enough that, okay, maybe you're not getting worthy. Maybe you're not getting Brian Thomas. Maybe you're not getting Troy Franklin, but lad McConkey's Xavier Leggett's guys like that are still going to be well available at your, uh, your early second round pick. So I kind of misspoke on that. You're probably not getting those, those higher end number two tier two wide receivers, but you're still going to have some good options. You're still going to have potentially some running backs that you can replenish with. I would still take this trade regardless. And I do think um, that you're going to be in a good spot to just replenish your depth with this roster because your starting lineup is very well equipped to just compete again. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, overall, I think this is a strongly built team. Uh, You should be one of the higher end contenders in your league. And you still have your 2025 first where you have an opportunity in season. Again, start a 10 man league. uh, The top end talent is what matters. If you have an opportunity in season, maybe a star player scheduled to miss a couple weeks and you can buy low to potentially get a hammer for the playoffs, which I think you should be able to make with this team. You are positioned to be able to do so with that 2025 one and two in doc. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we can move on to the next team here, which is from AJ. I'm not Classic. sure about this. Is this the tone setters league? Cause it looks like it's the tone setters league just based on the players um, that he actually has on his roster. But we can, I, I'll, I'll let you double check that while I go over the team, 12 yep. team PPR six point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex, three flex. This looks like the tone setters league to me. So, um, Trevor Lawrence, Will Levis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. I'm, I'm going to hundred percent is it is a hundred percent. Cause I know the players that he has on his team because I was working <laughs> with trades for him. And I, I remember seeing some of these trades in the league chat as well. So, yeah. um, Quarterbacks, like I said, Lawrence, Levis, Pickett, Ritter, those type of guys. Running backs, Bijan, Brees, James Cook, DeAndre Swift, a couple other dudes there. Wide receivers, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Zay Flowers, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, and others. Tight ends, Trey McBride, Dalton Kincaid, and Cole Komet. Very strong there. Doesn't have any of his first seconds in 23, or in 24, or in 25, but... Good news is you got a pretty well-built team. You got a, a lot yeah. of good assets here. So, I mean, he said his wide receiver group is going to either be complete, uh, very good or complete ass in my opinion. So let's focus on the wide receiver position because me and you are in this league. So we know yes. the, the nature market of the market too. Yeah. Yeah. We know the nature of the market. I don't think you're, I, I agree. I think your assessment of the wide receiver core is it's either going to be really good or it's going to be complete ass, but yeah. you have a hammer. You have a Monroe St. Brown. You have a, a pretty solid top 20 ish dynasty wide receiver. Zay flowers. In Zay flowers between Watson, Judy Sutton and Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk's probably your third best receiver. You're in a position where I think those guys can work into your flexes and you know, so on and so forth. And your running back core is such that you're going to actually probably be starting a guy like James Cook in your flex each and every week. Maybe DeAndre Swift, if he goes back to Philadelphia or whatever the case is. So yeah, your wide receiver core could use one more guy. Like if you had Rasheed Rice in addition to the guys that you have, you'd be in a much better position. But given that you only have to start two wide receivers in this league, yes, you can start up to five, but you only have to start two. This is not a bad spot to be in. And I know... Like we're going to talk about the trades in yeah. a second. He was trying to sell some of these tight ends and he oh, yeah. actually make it, make it done for uh David and Joku. I remember he came to me. I have George Kittle. So I wasn't Same. really looking for a tight I end. Have Ferguson you have, and Goddard. Yeah. So you're in a position where you didn't need a tight end. This team, this league, cause we're both in it is very um, fragmented. There's a lot of heavy contenders and a lot of total rebuilders. Like there's nobody stuck in limbo yeah. because this is all our followers you guys know that you don't want to be stuck in limbo. So everybody's either throwing their chips into the middle or they're trying to rebuild. Yeah, it's funny. So for, for the record, I'm pretty sure uh, Ginger Ale uh, won, won the first year championship. I'm he did. Sure. Yeah, he did win the first year championship. I think he missed playoffs this year, though. So he, he actually he was missed like, by tiebreaker. I'm pretty sure because I remember I was because I ended up winning the championship. I remember looking at who I could possibly play in the second round. I'm like, ooh, like Ginger L seems pretty good. Like uh, I kind of, you know, hope he doesn't make it because he's got a strong team that can get hot. And I mean, he ended up missing out slightly. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, you have a well-built team. I already know the league market for the record. Uh, the viewers that are watching right now. Very hard to sell running backs, very hard to sell tight ends, hence why he has such ample depth at, e- at each of those positions. Which is fine. Like, I mean, you yeah. can start those guys each and every week. Like, if you go into the season, yeah, ideally you would love to fill wide receivers through the flex and have five elite options to put out there. But 
when it's not possible because everybody's thinking the same, Bijan yeah. and Brees is the best running back duo in the league. And it's not even particularly close. Like that's the RB one and RB for value wise. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And my, I, to, for, for what it's worth, my running back core is probably the second best running back core in the league. With I, Jonathan Taylor, there. Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, and hey. Ramondre Stevenson. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't discount my own brother with Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Rashad White. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. So myself. Between the three of our teams, <laughs> we have pretty much every good running back in dynasty right now. Your team is going to be filling running backs into the flex occasionally. It is a half tight end premium, so you're going to be using uh, Dalton Kincaid in the flex occasionally. So again, it's annoying that you don't have a better wide receiver core, but you're in a position where your team is still very competitive, and uh, you already have won a championship, which is nice to know yeah. as well because you're playing with house money. And of course, I finished as the one seed in the regular season the last two <laughs> years and got bounced around one of the playoffs. I was the one last this year, few no? years. Sorry, I no, I was one. not the one seed this year, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm just playing around. But I mean, overall, like you said, like this is a very like top five teams are like heavy contenders, like bottom three teams are like heavy rebuilders in this league. It's like if you want the one on one, you're going to have to completely rip your posture, uh, roster apart. Or if you want to win the championship, you're going to have to assemble a God squad. That's basically how this league works, because I mean, you guys have been following us. You guys know how to play Dynasty. It's a really sharp league. Uh, and some of these deals you made, to be honest, like if we go through, I really like the structure of these deals. The first one. Actually, let's work in chronological order. So the first one we have here was that 1031, uh, was that October 31st? Yeah, yeah. So he sold off to Sean Watson. Um, he's been struggling at quarterback ever since, since selling off to Sean Watson. But I understand moving off of a risky asset and Work getting out. a much better asset in return. <laughs> 1031, I mean, we're talking about Brees Hall still coming back from the ACL tear. I think he had gotten like- He was a like a middling RB2 at this point. Games. Yeah, I think he had gotten a couple big workload games, but we weren't 100% sure that he was going to make a full recovery. I was mad when you made this trade. I remember when when Brees went for this, I was like, I, that's a crazy deal. And I, like, I already have like a gluttony of great running backs at this uh, uh, in this league, but that's a great move. Deshaun Watson for Brees Hall in the 309, you should have had to pay Deshaun Watson and a two at least for Brees Hall straight up. So I think that was a great move for you. Watson, he was kind of on the downslope at that point. You got out before he lost a ton of value. You've definitely won that one in hindsight. Next deal was Javante Williams and Demario Douglas. You sold off for Christian Watson and Taylor Heineke. You needed a quarterback to get by because you had Ritter. So you kind of yeah. needed to stream quarterback a little bit. Move. In hindsight, a little bit of a panic move. You probably should have went for somebody a little safer. If you were going to sell off yeah. Javante Williams, going after maybe somebody else would have been Stafford. a better idea. But you were buying low on Christian Watson here. I think process-wise, this was probably a good move. In yeah. hindsight, Javante's worth more. He's probably the best asset he, in this deal. And Demario Douglas is has solid. gained value since then. Yeah, I mean, Demario Dog Douglas obviously had a, a solid uh, spurt in the season. Uh, looked like a you know a gem in the NFL draft for the Patriots. So uh, yeah, I mean, this one didn't really materialize too well. But I would say you more than made up for it for it with the Brisol deal. And this uh, deal recently, he just made Jalen Waddle and David Njoku. He gave away in exchange for Zay Flowers and Will Levis. Now, like I mentioned before, the context here is, I mean, you see, you guys see the tight end core he has. Trey McBride, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Komet. He also had David Njoku. He did not need David Njoku in this roster, not to mention that it's very hard to sell tight ends in this league. So being able to move off Jalen Waddle and David Njoku for a young quarterback, which are very valuable in this, in this league, and Zay Flowers now... I get it. You prefer Jalen Waddle over Zay Flowers, but realistically, the gap isn't too big. And going from the asset of David Njoku to a young 24-year-old quarterback, I think is sharp in this format. I really like this deal for him. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a risk, obviously, for because sure. I think today, right now, Jalen Waddle is a better player than Zay Flowers. David Njoku at his position is a better player than Will Levis at his position. So you're taking a risk from that perspective. Given your team's tight end core, given what you had to deal with at quarterback, I understand why you made the deal. It just sucks losing a guy like Jalen Waddle, who at this current point in time is the best asset in this deal, but I understand why you made the deal. Yeah, like for what it's worth, I think Jalen Waddle and Dynasty is about a mid-range wide receiver too. Zay Flowers probably a low-range wide receiver too. So, I mean, if Zay Flowers goes out next year, has 1,000 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns, uh, with Lamar Jackson uh, insulated long-term, I think you can make the case that you take him over Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and if you offered me Zay Flowers in a two for Jalen Waddle in a three, I would take Zay Flowers in the two. Like, it's yeah. that small of a difference between the two guys. So, yeah, really like the moves that you've made so far. Yeah, your wide receiver uh, crew is a little bit shaky. Um, I'm actually kind of in a similar position as well because I had to sell off Devontae Adams to you. 
um, to be able to recoup the 107 and uh, Travis Etienne and that McCaffrey deal that we made last year. But yeah. I do have the 107 to make some moves at wide receiver if I want to sell that for a pick, uh, sell that pick for a player directly, or if I want to, you know, potentially get. I mean, it's probably going to be Brock Bowers. Knowing our league, everyone's going to just <laughs> let the tight end drop, and I won't get Romo Dunze. But hopefully, I can get Romo Dunze at that pick. Regardless, your team's in a good spot. Good luck trying to beat either of us, but your team's in a good spot. And uh, we should be good to move on to the next team here, which is actually from Bailey K. Uh, yep. 12 team PPR league uh, lineup format, six point for passing touchdown, one and a half tight end premium, uh, super flex league as well. Stroud is the main quarterback, not much else going on there. Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson, very zero RB, probably spent some mid round picks on them last year. Garrett Wilson, JSN, Hollywood Brown, Elijah Moore at wide receiver, McBride, Tucker Craft, Kyle Pitts at tight end. So very good tight end core. Oh, yeah. Loaded in terms of draft picks. I'm going to move us here just for a second, just so you can see the draft picks that he has. Um, he does have the 101, the 103, 107, 108, 111, 201, 207, 211, 212, litany of third rounders as well. And then all of his uh, future draft picks uh, in addition to that. So pretty well-built team. You got some oh, yeah. solidified top assets at quarterback, at tight end, and at wide receiver. And you're going to be adding, you know, in a super flex 12 team start 10, you're going to be adding Caleb Williams for sure to this team. At 103, you can add your quarterback three to this team. You could potentially get Marvin Harrison at that point in time. 107, you should get the last of that top group. Hopefully it's not Bowers for your sake because you already have a loaded tight end core. Hopefully Odunze falls to you at 108. Again, maybe that's where you go with quarterback three on your team. JJ McCarthy's getting first round buzz. Bo Nix is getting some first round buzz here and there. Or you just grab one of those top receivers, Xavier Worthy, Brian Thomas, Troy Franklin. Same goes for that 111, 201, and uh, those type of picks. And then 207 on, I mean, you're taking stabs and dart throws at sleeper wide receivers. You're taking stabs and dart throws at running backs with good landing spots and good draft capital. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the shell of this team is clearly intact. Obviously, one of the moves that I will point out is having both uh, Pitts and McBride on this team. Like, if you can take that asset and transition it to a wide receiver or to a quarterback slash pick, I'd be willing to do that. But I mean, like, like we mentioned in the last team, like sometimes it's hard to trade tight ends in certain leagues. It just depends on how they are valued. And given the fact that this is a tight end premium, I'm assuming that the value will be propped up a little bit more. Um, like you said here, he says, do I punt again or do I try to make moves to compete? He almost wants to try and secure Marvin Harrison and Malik neighbors, but the quarterbacks are making it difficult. As much as I love both those wide receivers, I do think you need to draft a quarterback with at least the 101 or the 103. Whether you want to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and get Drake May at three, that's fine. Whether you want to take Caleb Williams at one and get Malik Neighbors at three, that's fine. But I do think at least one of those picks uh, has to be the quarterback. And because you have Stroud, I wouldn't drop two quarterbacks. But because you don't have anything after, I absolutely have to secure one. I would be okay drafting two quarterbacks in this rookie draft if one of them is 107, 108, or 111, and it's McCarthy yes. or Knicks. Not, yes. I wouldn't probably take um, Caleb Williams and Drake May 101, 103, like you said. Agreed. I would, if you're on the board and somebody wants Drake May and they want to, you know, come up and get him and you're willing to just take Malik Neighbors there, then slide down a pick or two and take Malik Neighbors where you can get him if mm -hmm. you can. You also, hypothetically, could try and get up and secure both of them, like you said, by taking the 108 and the 111 and seeing if the guy with the 104 will give you the 104 for the 108 and the 111 or vice versa. Like, however you yeah. got to finagle it, you have tons of picks to be able to work out yeah, a deal. That makes to... sense for both sides. So if you can do that and secure 101 Caleb Williams, say Marvin drops to 103 because 102 takes Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels, and you can grab um, Marvin Harrison at 103 and Malik Neighbors 104, then you're in a great spot at that point. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the guy at 104 needs a tight end. I don't know how attainable this is, but maybe the guy at 104 needs a tight end. So it's like, yeah, you know what? I'll give you the 104, or let's just say this is the 105 because maybe the 104 wants a quarterback. The 105 is willing to give you the 105 in exchange for Kyle Pitts in the 201 or Kyle Pitts in the 111. And at that point, because you have the tight end uh, with either McBride or Pitts, whoever you keep, uh, you're going to be able to make that move, secure another wide receiver, and make sure you lock down the quarterback at the one or the three spot. So, I mean, the other thing you can look into, if you're really hard set on getting Marv or, um, yeah, Marvin H Caleb, maybe 103 plus one of those twos can get you both. But realistically, if you're content with either Marv or Malik Neighbors, those two picks have to be either Caleb and Malik or Marvin Harrison Jr. and Drake May, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a very enviable position for the it's two fun. of us because we're degenerates and we love trading and we love getting oh, good yeah. values. The other thing you can do too, like, it, I mean, you mentioned like, do I try and make moves to compete? If you find good value on veterans on the open market, say somebody selling Alvin Kamara for the 211 right now, 
You're yeah. not really saying I'm trying to compete right away, but you're just like, I'm going to dr- take Alvin Kamara right now because I believe in his redraft outlook and I'm going to sell him for more than the 211 during the season. So you have the ability to go into the season with a house money approach, buy low on some veterans if you can, maybe take some shots on some impending UFAs and see if you can gain some value that way. But all else fails, you can just spend a lot of these rookie picks in what projects to be a very deep rookie class. So you're in a pretty good spot regardless. Let's look at some of the trades that he has. Um, last year, a lot of these trades are older. A lot of them are from like May and June mm-hmm. last year. So these are more kind of like hindsight lookalike trades. Um, he traded on February 3rd, or sorry, not February, May 3rd. It looks like he traded um, during the rookie draft, Ritter, the 111 and the 204 for Kyle Pitts. Hasn't really aged the best. Ah, I, I mean, look at the players that were took and taken at those. I mean, picks. it definitely like Charbonnet and Mingo. You got lucky <laughs> though, I would say, because that could have been a chain Laporta. You know what I mean? Fair. I mean, like the, the, the context is key here, but uh, I mean, like just looking at the players alone, you you yeah. you completely you know did well in this deal. But like you said, if that's a chain Laporta, then you're kind of like, well, fuck, why did I make that move? But yeah, and I, I think mean, a late one and an early two and a quarterback that had a chance to be a starter was a little bit of an overpay at the time. Even I think, I don't know, a I little mean, bit, I, not a lot, a little bit. I mean, he was still a, a top three to five tight end across the board, uh, one one in a lot of circles. But I mean, realistically, like I, I would have been comfortable giving this up for Pitts at the time, to be honest. Yeah, so, I think I would have actually. I'm, now I'm that worried. I think about it, he was he was the tight end one in Dynasty. I would have yeah. probably been comfortable with this as well. So um, um, May seventeenth, again, uh, probably right around the time of the rookie draft or um, during it. One hundred three, uh, one twelve, and three hundred one, which became Bryce Young and Zay Flowers. And then he received the 2024 103. So he punts the 103 from 23 and gets the 103 and 24. And then he got Kincaid, but he traded um, the pick. So it looks like, uh, did he end up? He didn't say what he traded it for, but I mean, we can just like pretend it's just the 108. Oh, we we so. see where he gets. I think we see where he gets it. No, no, no. no he no, traded for the 108 this year. Yeah. Right. Okay. But anyways, at the time, I think face value, you got an early projected first in 2024 for the 103, the 112, and the 301. And you got the 2023 108, yeah. which was an upgrade on your 112. Sucks that Zay Flowers fell to the 112 because he probably should have gone earlier than that. But at the same time, I think that was good process move. Yeah. And I mean, like as much, again, we had Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. So it is lucky in this deal that this is Bryce Young and not CJ Stroud. Cause if you replace CJ Stroud and Zay Flowers in exchange for the 103 and Dalton Kincaid, then at that point, you're like, okay, well, fuck, I kind of got rent. CJ Stroud is a first round pick. Zay Flowers probably going in the fourth round, fifth round area in a lot of your guys' drafts. But with Bryce Young now, you can say the fact that the 103 asset, no matter who it is, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr., whether it's uh, Drake May, and if if you're completely lucky and that somehow ended up being Caleb Williams, which would be heavily unlikely, one of those assets is going to be valued more than probably the other side on, on, on its own. So the fact that you also got the 108 has materialized very well. Yep, for sure. And then uh, on... The 14th of June, it looks like you sold Bijan. So you probably secured the 101 in last year's rookie class. You drafted Bijan with that pick. Bijan, Ridley, and Sky Moore, you sold off for Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, 108, and 303. I feel like he actually messaged us about this trade. I recognize it. Garrett Wilson and Bijan were probably equivalent assets last year, um, Mm -hmm. give or take. Maybe Garrett Wilson plus a 303 gets you to Bijan if you value Bijan highly because he's a running back. 108 uh, and Elijah Moore for Ridley and Sky Moore is a great move. Agreed. Yeah, no, I think you smashed us out of the park. And I guess that would have been a mid to late projected first at the time too. And you got lucky that it was 108 and not like 111 or 112. Yeah, for sure. So uh, overall, very strong team, very strong core. Obviously, you have the pick capital to be able to make some moves. Uh, Yeah, just hit us up uh, when your draft starts, whatever, uh, what you're kind of thinking. But overall, I would definitely want to get pretty aggressive with this team because I can already see the shelf forming. And given the assets you have, you can really monopolize this board. Yeah, go have fun with this thing. This one's going to be uh, a lot of fun to spend all those picks. So before we get into the next team, we do need to hear a shout out from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And you guys will be hearing that message right now. Fellas, 2024 is here in full swing. And that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check with our friends over at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush, not me, your actual bush, Tamed. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for the clean shaven, clean cut look, or you're going for just a trim, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 is trusted by over 10 million men worldwide. And now is your time to get a grip 
on your grooming with an exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use our promo code BUSH. That is not how I got the nickname for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped this new year, but don't drop the ball on your balls. I don't know about you guys. My New Year's resolution was to go to the gym four times for every alcoholic drink that I had. I'm doing pretty good on my New Year's resolution so far, but if your New Year's resolution was to get your grooming in check, introducing the MVP of 2024, the Manscaped fifth generation lawnmower. It is not just a trimmer. It's your grooming sidekick. It has two skin safe blades, a standard one for taking a little off the top and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like a having a personal stylist at your fingertips or wherever you need it. And it's also waterproof so that you can groom in the shower to minimize any kind of cleanup that you have to do. And for my men who want the full grooming experience, Look no further than Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. In this grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, which I actually got my brother for Christmas this year, and all the essential aftercare products, the Crop Soother Ball Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. It's ball deodorant. I get it. It sounds weird, but you definitely need it because it definitely doesn't smell great down there. As a gesture for the New Year's, they even threw in two free gifts, the Boxers 2.0, the most comfortable boxers you'll ever wear in your life, and the Shed 2.0 so you can carry it all in a toiletry bag because they know good and well that you're still probably wearing the same boxers that you had since high school. Let's face it, resolutions can come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping on any of the packages, the Performance Package 5.0 most notably with the promo code BUSH, 20% off plus free shipping. Embrace a new you with Manscaped and definitely embrace a new trimmer this year. All right, back again with the next team. Again, shout out to Manscaped, promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. The next team that we're talking about here is Andrew B's team, another Mother Flocker member over on Flock, 10-team PPR League, four-point uh, four per passing touchdown, half-tight end premium super flex. Anthony Richardson is the main quarterback, the only quarterback on this team, is a start 9-10 team. So again, uh, depth not as important in general. Uh, Devon Achan, DeAndre Swift, Chase Brown, and others at running back. And then Jalen Waddle, Brandon Ayuk, Puka Nakua, Tank Dell, JSN, Josh Downs, Jahan Dotson, Wandale at wide receiver. So very loaded wide receiver core. Dalton Kincaid, David Njoku at tight end. So pretty solid there. And then he does have the 101, the 103, the 201, the 202, 301, 401, and 501. So this looks like a prototype house money situation to me because you got a loaded wide receiver core. Tight end core is ready to compete. Both wide receiver and tight end core is ready to compete, to be honest. Some guys at running back, not nothing at running back for sure, and a quarterback who projects to be a good redraft and dynasty projection from a fantasy production standpoint. So this is the type of uh, team where I would be okay. Again, you could just very easily look at this team and be like, hey, Caleb Williams, we just take Caleb Williams on this team. 103, maybe you get Marvin Harrison Jr. there, or maybe you want to secure Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever the case is. You could do that, Um, or you could see how much it costs you to go get a superstar with 101. You could maybe move off of the 101, go buy low on Justin Herbert or go buy low on Joe Burrow and turn this into a competitive team right away. So what are your thoughts on this? He does have a few questions. He did have a trade listed here. What are your thoughts on the team first? And then we'll get into some of his questions. Yeah, so clearly having two projected 2025 ones banked in along with the 101, the 103, the 201, the 202 this year, like having those, but also having assets like Anthony Richardson, like Devon Achan, like, Waddle, IU, Puka, Tank Dell. Like this, this team is in a, a phenomenal spot. And I understand it is a 10-man start nine league, so the firepower is key. But like you said, I mean, you're in a position to be able to make a move for those type of hammer assets. If the CD Lamb owner is willing to you know, package him into multiple assets, you have the assets to be able to make a contending offer. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, I mean, again, your wide receiver core is already pretty loaded. So I probably lean more towards buying an elite quarterback than I would towards a wide receiver if you were to move off of some of your draft pick capital. But I mean, okay, so he has a couple trades listed here. He said, what do you think of the trade I just pulled off? He actually sold Justin Herbert. Ironically, I brought him up as potentially (laughs) a trade target. He sells Justin Herbert about five days ago for or a couple days ago for um. Uh, Justin Herbert, Traylon Burks in a 2026 first. He sells that for the 103, the 202, Devon Achan, and an early projected 2025 first. So I forgot to mention when I talked about his team, he actually has an additional projected early 2025 first. I don't know if both of those firsts are not yours because I don't think your first is going to be early. Personally, I think it's probably going to be more mid to late given the structure of your team. But if those are two firsts in 2025 that are not your own, then you're going to be in a really, really good house money situation. Regardless, what are your thoughts on the trade? Do you think that was enough to move off of Justin Herbert? 
Um, or do you think that was a uh, good value? I mean, in a 10 man super flex, I'm more comfortable making this use. 12 man uh, super flex at one point, like, okay, maybe at this point I, I keep Justin Herbert given the team, but 10 man, I'm more than comfortable taking this type of value because if you're equating it out, 103 is probably going to be Drake May slash Marvin Harrison Jr., which, I mean, Justin Herbert's going to be the 107, 108 in a lot of your startups. That pick, the 103, is probably going to be going in the mid second round. So if you're equating this to startup value, Justin Herbert's going to be there, 2026 first in exchange for the 103, which is going to be a mid-second. Devon Achan, which is probably going to be, what, early fourth-round pick in a lot of your guys' leagues. 2025 early first, which, I mean, if we're equating forward, 2024 early first are going within the second round. Maybe 2025, less desirable class. You know that's still going to be guaranteed to be, at minimum, a top 30 overall valued asset. Probably going to be higher as the buzz starts kicking in for guys like Luther Burden or whichever quarterback type uh, uh, emerges. And then the 202 is absolutely nothing to sneeze at in this class, too, because you might be able to get the RB1 or RB2 off the board at that pick. Yeah, great return. Honestly, a nice diversification of assets. You get a top 10 dynasty running back. You get a projected early first in a very high end running back class, too. So you might get RB1 Mm -hmm. off the board with that pick. Given your team structure, if you're a house money team and you want to add some running back firepower next year, you got two potential early first rounders to do it in a class yep. that projects to be very good at the running back position. So I actually really like the trade. Honestly, I you know I don't want to sell um, high-end quarterbacks often, but when you get a return like this, I think this was a great move. He does yep. say if the rookie draft was today and you were me, and I feel like with people who have the 101 and 103, we're going to get this question a lot. Would you just take Marvin 101 to secure Marvin? And just take whatever quarterback falls to you at 103 is basically his question. Or do you is Caleb that much better than Drake May, Jane Daniels, and those type of guys that you want Caleb Williams? The easy answer before you say anything is what is 102 going to do with their pick? Exactly. I mean, if you're if you have a good thought that oh shit, the 102 has one starting quarterback. Like let's just say it has uh, you know Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. Like that's its quarterback core. It really needs to add another quarterback. Then at that point, it's like, okay, well, let me just take Caleb Williams and force his hand. Is he going to value Jaden Daniels, uh, Drake May ahead of a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is he just going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. to where maybe at that point, if he takes Marv, you can say, hey, I just got Caleb. If you're willing to add a substantial bit to uh, on top of Marv to get Caleb, we both know you need a quarterback. Let's make a deal. So by taking Caleb, pushing his hand, if you know he needs a quarterback, you may be able to get Marvin Jr. plus. You may be able to, you may be able to get you know Marvin Jr. plus at least a second, possibly a couple seconds to get that deal done. Yeah, it's all about playing the game with him for sure because oh, yeah. if he is at 102 and he's like, you're not going to take a quarterback, you you know have 103, you're going to take Marvin. I already know you're going to do that. And you'd be like, really? Watch I did this like, exactly I'll take last year. Exactly. I Watch <laughs> me. I will take Caleb Williams because I know you want Caleb Williams at 102. And if you really want Caleb Williams, I know you're not going to take Drake May 102. Yeah. So you're going to take Marvin and then you're going to be like, oh, I kind of want Caleb's from you, uh, uh, Caleb from you. So, yeah, again, force his hand, make him make a move. If he's like, hey, I want, I know I'm not going to get Caleb because you're going to take Caleb because you need a quarterback also, but I don't want to take Drake May or Jane Daniels 102. Do you want Marvin? And you can trade me 103 and the 202, and I'll give you 102 and the 208 or whatever second round pick that I have. Then you could always just make a move like that to secure absolutely you're getting both Caleb and Marvin. So fun fact with this, uh, this exact scenario actually played in the FSE the Listener League, right? between me and spicy yacht. So for reference with this team, uh, I had the one Oh three or the one Oh four, I believe. And my quarterbacks are already Justin Herbert, um, Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. So clearly I didn't need to add a quarterback, but CJ Stroud was available. Obviously CJ Stroud ended up ascending. So you can make the case. I ended up losing the deal, but the guy, uh, right above me. So I had the one Oh four and the one Oh six. He's like, I know you're not going to be taking CJ Stroud. You're going to be taking Jameer Gibbs. You love Jameer Gibbs. I'm like, bet. Try me. Took CJ Stroud out the 104, pushed his hand. I said, right after I made the pick, you interested in trading up for CJ Stroud now? Was able to turn the pick of the 104 into the 105 plus the 202, which ended up equating it to Jameer Gibbs and Devon Achan for me. So it worked out for me because I wanted to contend anyways. I ended up making the championship this year, and it ended up working out for him because he ended up getting CJ Stroud, who has ascended into the quarterback he's been. So I, I those type of deals, like if you can play the board a little bit, play the, oh, you won't do that type of card, in this type of position, you are afforded that ability with the 101 and the 103. 
if you need to move up for 102 to secure Marvin and Caleb, I'm okay doing it. Just, but I wouldn't give up too, too much to do it because you can always play the game, force his hand, and make him actually make a tough decision. And then you might get Marvin anyway for free. So, uh, number three question that he has here is with my 201 and 202, I plan to grab one running back. So, probably RB1 or two in the class. Um, and then one other pick, I could grab a wide receiver from this deep class, Lad McConkey, Troy Franklin, whoever falls, or he could take a swing at quarterback and get a quarterback three if JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix or whatever is there. Again, it's a 10 team league. So it, this is the one Oh, we're talking about the one eleven and the one twelve here in a 10 team league, JJ McCarthy and Bo Nix are going to lose a little bit of value though. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, they're more so going to be second round type of guys. Uh, I definitely wouldn't take panics before either of them. Like with with effort. Obviously, I, I, mean, I think he just means whoever gets the draft oh, capital. I don't think gotcha, he actually okay, yeah. means. Which, which, which is fair. Sorry, my I, I misread it. But um, yeah, I mean, I I really am not pressed to if I have to take a quarterback um, at, at the one hundred one or the one hundred three, and then maybe I use like if if one of them falls to the two hundred two, sure. But I don't really want to spend that type of asset. Can you move? the 301 for a cheap quarterback three up. Like, can you move the 301 for Baker Mayfield? Like I'd much rather do that because I really don't want to spend that. Basically what would materialize to be the 112 in a 12 man league on a quarterback three. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if you need a quarterback three, you should just go trade for one. Um, yeah. use like maybe you can sell Jahan Dotson for a quarterback three or something like it shouldn't cost you too much to get a third quarterback yeah. in a 10 man format. And you might even be able to, you know, hit big on a waiver wire quarterback. And yeah. like, like that's what we're like. We're talking about 10 man start nine with pretty shallow roster spots. Like you shouldn't have to pay up for a big time third quarterback. So that's what I would probably be looking to do. I think we went pretty in depth on his team. We can move on to the next team of the video here, which is uh, from Caleb. Let me get this up. We have Caleb's team here, um, which is another a 12 man league, full PPR lineup or half PPR, sorry, lineup format, four point per passing touchdown, um, tiered PPR system by the looks of it, half to wide receiver, wide receivers get full, running backs get half, and tight ends get one and a half with super flex format as well. Jordan Love, Bryce Young, a couple other guys. Jameer Gibbs uh, is the main running back. Not much else to speak of there. Jamar Chase, Drake London, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Calvin Ridley, Dontavian Wicks, Jacoby Myers, and others at wide receiver. Tight end core pretty barren with Noah Fant and some other dudes there. Um, 2024 picks, he does have the 105, the 111, 208, and so on and so forth. And then it looks like he has all of his future picks, including an extra 2026 second rounder. So I would say this is one of those teams where you're a little bit more of in a, a tougher position, right? you got some great assets. Yeah. You have, you know, Jordan Love, Jameer Gibbs, Jamar Chase, Drake London. Those guys are all good assets, but you are lacking depth of assets. You are lacking depth of firepower and mm -hmm. your picks, while they're good, 105, you're probably going to secure a quarterback or Malik Neighbors or yeah. somebody like that. With that pick, 111, you, again, you could take another shot on this great wide receiver class, build out some depth there. Maybe 111 is a point in time where you can get a J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix in a decent landing spot to add to third quarterback. What are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. So the 105 kind of opens you up, right, where you take best player available. If three quarterbacks go within the first four picks, you take Malik Neighbors. If two quarterbacks, two wide receivers go in those first four picks, you take whoever falls between Drake May and Jaden Daniels. So you're at least adding one quarterback to this team with Jordan Love, uh, Bryce Young, and uh, whether that's Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels. Or the other way, if you end up in the league neighbors at the 105 is, see if it's 111 plus the 208, you can move up to the 108 if J.J. McCarthy goes eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons or maybe the Vikings trade up and he goes sixth overall to the Minnesota Vikings. Like that, I would be willing to do that. Those are the two directions I would go because I do think you need to leave this rookie draft with at least one rookie quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I also wouldn't be opposed. Let's say the quarterbacks are going highly and Brock Bowers starts to slide. That's another guy I would be yeah. willing to trade up for from 111. If you can go 111, 208 for the 108 or something and Brock Bowers is still on the board, yeah. you should do it because you don't really have a tight end right now. It's a tight end premium and Brock Bowers shouldn't be on the board at that point in time. So I, I wouldn't consider Bowers at 105. I think that's a little too early Agreed. just given that, you know, neighbors or one of the quarterbacks will be on the board. Um, So I would say keep an eye on Brock Bowers, his, his well, value during the rookie draft question I got for you. So uh, this says there's a 0.5 wide receiver premium and a full point tight end premium. Hypothetically, I mean, People in this league might say, oh, well, the tight end premium, he's pretty comparable to Malik Neighbors as a prospect. Maybe they view, you know, Brock Bauer's generational tight end, Malik Neighbors' top 10 overall wide receiver talent. It's in the range of outcomes where he goes above Malik Neighbors, and you have to make the choice between Neighbors and uh, Jaden Daniels at that 105 pick if both are on the board. 
in that instance, like, what would you do? Would you secure the quarterback with this construct or would you just take best player available? I have Malik Neighbors uh, uh, graded higher on my scale. Therefore, I will take Malik Neighbors. How would you play this? I would I would try and trade down because I prefer neighbors, but I think Jane Daniels has higher value on the market, and I think his startup value is probably higher also. So I would probably try and play the market with the 106 guy and see what he needs. If he needs a quarterback, then just slide down one pick and get neighbors anyway. But gun to my head, I have to make the selection. I'm taking neighbors over Daniels. Yeah, I I would agree too, simply because I I I personally am more than comfortable setting on JJ McCarthy, to be honest. And if I know I'm able to move that 111 up to the 108 to secure J.J. McCarthy, assuming he goes top 10, I would rather walk out of the draft from Malik Neighbors and J.J. McCarthy than I would Jaden Daniels and insert wide receiver four personally. Yeah, exactly. And he has a couple questions listed here. He goes, um, you know, what do we think of the path forward of this team? Again, like I already outlined, it's it's got some great assets, but it is lacking a little bit of depth. You need a couple things to go right. You need JSN to hit. You need Drake London to hit. You need a couple things to go right for. You need to hit mm-hmm. on your rookie picks. He said, do you think it's worth trying to move up from the 105 into the top three to get one of Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, or Drake May, or just stick at the 105? The one guy that, that I, I'm interested in is Drake May. If he starts to slide yeah. or he like he might actually slide to like I've seen some slander on Drake May to the point that I wouldn't be shocked if you're on the board at 105 and Drake May is actually there for you on the board because well, Caleb Williams went 101, Marvin went 102, Jane Daniels went 103 and Malik Neighbors went 104. Exactly. Like we just I just posed the question if it was Jaden or if it was Malik Neighbors, we would go with Malik Neighbors. If you insert Drake into that conversation, I'm taking Drake May uh, Drake, Drake May 100 times out of 100. Drake May is a guy that if I need a quarterback and I'm at the 102, like I'd be comfortable taking him over Marvin Harrison. So that just goes to show if he falls to the 105, I'm instantly taking him if he falls. Yeah. And I guess based on his question, it sounds like his league mates are also high on Drake May. So if it costs sure. you to move up to go up to 103 and get Drake May, would you be willing to entertain something like that? Depend like what if the cost is depends, 105 yeah. and 111 for the 103 and the 203, let's say at that would point, you do yes. that at that point, yes. I, I, I think that's something that. that you'd be looking at, right? Like if you're, if I yeah. was the person with one Oh three and I already had a loaded quarterback core and I wanted neighbors anyway, I would probably be willing to take something like that. Knowing I'll get a better shot at say the higher end of the tier two wide receivers or a different quarterback asset, or maybe RB one or something. The issue that I have is I don't think it would be a, like a drop back. I don't think you'd get a two Oh three back. I think it would mostly be okay. If that guy's willing to move the one Oh three, he's probably asking for the one Oh five and the one eleven. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I don't be, think I don't everybody think would ask that. that. I think that's probably what the pick is worth. I just yeah. think that it's possible that he's just like, I don't need a quarterback. I'm going to move back and get neighbors anyway, or Bowers or whoever, whatever guy he's targeting, or maybe he wants Daniels and Daniels is going to go 105 um, or whatever the case is. So for me, if if all it costs you to go up to 103 to secure one of those top three assets is 105 and 111 for 103 plus a mid or early second rounder back, I would be okay doing it. Easily, easily. I, I just, I, I would be hard pressed to see somebody willing to throw in a two back if you say, I want the 103, because they're going to know you want that pick for a reason because you probably view a tier break from three to five. Would you do it if it was a 25 two? I mean, if you're getting a 20, uh, if you're getting any two back in that deal, process wise, I'm taking it because I do think as much as I love the 105, like I personally want to secure Marvin Harrison Jr. or Drake May. Like that's just how I have it graded out personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this is a fun discussion, right? Because I oh, mean, yeah. tons of you guys are going to have questions. Do I move up? Do I move down? And when we actually like post-draft, especially, but pre-draft too, we're probably going to talk about a lot of what we would do with each pick and how we would navigate the board, depending on an example of team needs. Somebody suggested we do a video like, hey, can you go through scenarios with the 101, whether you need a quarterback, whether you don't need a quarterback, like, the assets. like and I think that's a great idea for a video. I think it's probably useless to do that now, pre-draft. Rookie but if you guys title. have your rookie drafts pre-draft, then definitely yeah. comment that down below. I think it's actually a more useful video post-draft when we know where everybody went and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. he does also have um, the intention, he said, to shop Calvin Ridley, shop Jacoby Myers, depending on what happens in free agency. Makes sense. He does say he has two trade offers uh, during the season, and he liked the value at the time. So on uh, November 5th, he sold Romeo Dobbs and got the 208. I think that was a pretty good deal. Uh, not much else to say to that. Jamison Williams, he sold for Jacoby Myers in a second. Again, I think Jamison Williams isn't even worth a second by himself right now. So you got Jacoby Myers, who I would prefer to Jamison Williams, plus a second. That was a great move. Yeah. 
yeah, big time smash. Uh, overall, I feel like based on the deals, based off the thought process, you, you have a good head on your shoulders. Uh, update us with how the team ends up materializing, what type of deals you can do. Like I said, or like we said, if you can move up to the 105 to the 103 and it doesn't cost too much, I'd be willing to do that or vice versa. If you pick at the 105, whether it's a Drake May or a Malik Neighbors or a Jane Daniels, then if you miss out a quarterback on the 105, say it's Malik Neighbors, I'd be willing to use the 111 plus maybe the 208 to go up and ensure I get J.J. McCarthy, assuming he gets the top 10 draft capital, because I do think he'll be pretty set within that top eight. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we can move on to the next team here, just so we don't go too long on this yep. video. We do have Mikey T's team here. Uh, 10 team, half PPR, one quarterback league, start eight. Again, very shallow league format here. Justin Fields is the main quarterback with Bryce Young in the wings. Devon Achan, Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, a lot of upside, a lot of obviously rookie running backs from last year's class. So he probably had a lot of picks last year. Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, JSN, Wandell Robinson, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, other guys there, tight ends, um, Kraft and Fryermuth and likely 101, 201, 202, 301, 307, and 401. Looks like he finished dead last in this league with uh, the picks that he has. Doesn't have his first in 2025, which is a little concerning for me, but it looks like he's maybe aligned his winning window that if he spends these picks, he can try and compete this year. I just, I'm a little, I don't know why you don't have your first. We'll talk. You'll about see it, it in a second. I saw yeah. the trade that he made yeah, for we'll it. I think it, it was we'll a shaky trade to begin with, but yes. what are your thoughts on the team? Do you think knowing the context, that he doesn't have his 2025 first, he could maybe turn this thing around after this year's rookie draft and maybe try and make a run. It's just tricky in a 10 man start eight. I got to assume that people have more firepower up top. Cause I mean, if we're, if we're equating a tight end and lineup, quarterback, you're going to be in the, among the worst in your league, probably. Yes. And then uh, outside of Devon H and there's a lot of questionability at the running back position. And I mean, even at wide receiver, like you have firepower at the top with uh, Jamar chase, Chris Olave, JSN, but plus Marv. Any, well, I mean, plus Marv, right? Obviously I didn't even realize the one-on-one, but like th those four guys, I mean, they should be your two wide receivers and two flexes any given week. Hence, at that point, okay, if any of them have a bye week and any of them get banged up, do I really have an, an insurance plan? I don't really know how I feel about Demario Douglas, Rashid Shahid slash Mingo slash Wandale uh, filling my flex on uh, you know a number amount of weeks. Yeah, this is um this is the trade. Well, we'll get into the trade here in a second. You you had an opportunity to stay the course here, and I think he jumped yeah. the gun a little bit. He does yes. say, you know, I tanked last year by trading away a lot of assets. I gained a lot of draft capital for this year's class, knowing it was very deep. Could use some draft capital on trading for a running back. He said, again, get out of that mindset. You're probably not ready to do it yet. And he said, I'm pretty set on taking Marvin at 101. Duh. I mean, it's a one quarterback Smart. league. Yep. Marvin's like undisputed 101. He's like, I want to give Fields another year, especially if he gets traded. I feel like I can hit on a few picks this year. And if some younger guys in my roster step up, I could contend. I agree with you, but it's a it's a far fetch in a start 8-10 team. If you were in a 12 team, you know, tw start 12 or whatever, then it's a little bit more stomachable saying, yeah. hey, I can compete if things break right. But when you're in a start 10 or a start 8-10 team league, you can't be in a hoping and wishing mindset. You need your starting lineup to be loaded. Like, like realistically to contend in a 10 man start eight league, like you basically need top 10 options at every single one of those eight positions. You need a top 10 quarterback, probably even a top five to six quarterback to be quite frank. You need a top five to six tight end at minimum of top 10. If you're the rest of your position groups can make up for it. And I mean, a, a running back outside of, you know, A-Chan, Chase, and Alave. Like, I love JSN and potentially, you know, bouncing back, but, I mean, he's not that valuable in this type of format, to be frank. Yeah, I think your wide receiver core, once you add Marvin to it, yes. will be ready to compete in a league format like this. Because having Chase and Marvin, those are two top five dynasty receivers. Alave's a top 10 guy. JSN has the ability to ascend in that area. Yeah. Your running back core for a competitive team is, is lackluster. You have one top 10 dynasty running back. Again, a lot of things got to break right for you. Spears has to become a top 10 dynasty running back. Roshan's got to become mean, the next Damian Pierce. Fryermuth likely and Kraft isn't good enough to compete in this league. Justin absolutely. Fields and Bryce Young isn't good enough to compete in this league. So if you had this team plus another stud running back, a stud tight end and a stud quarterback, I would say, yes, this is the proper assessment. And I will say, uh, because it's a redraft league, like having Justin Fields, like you could do worse there because I can see him easily being a top 10 quarterback, at least from a redraft perspective. Uh, obviously, the long term is the question mark with Justin Fields, but I, I'm comfortable rolling him out at quarterback. It's just I, I we got to get we got to get the elephant out of the room. I got to address some of these deals. Uh, I just don't understand making these two deals the same day. The 1031 deals, we'll talk about the 10-5 one in a second because, I mean, process-wise, Austin Eckler, aging running back, you ended up getting the 107-307. Not complaining, especially considering the fact you traded the 107 to get Devon Achan. 
I like that deal. Let's focus on these next two because I don't understand making them a concession. Like you trade away your 2025 first for Tajay Spears, which would symbolize that you want to contend. But then you trade away Devontae Adams for Algier in the 202. Like it just feels like a disjointed type of a uh, pair of trades where it doesn't really have a direction to me. Yeah, you bought like, and especially on October 31st, like Tajay Spears was not worth a first round pick on October 31st. No. And he's barely worth one now. So yeah. why you made this deal with a first rounder, especially that with was, the one that was an advised move. Again, it's a one quarterback league, but like again, it's also a 10 team. So it's like it's a it's a more valuable pick inherently because there's less teams in the league. So you overpaid for Tajay Spears, point blank. Like yeah. even if you had given him a first right now, like the 110 in 2025, even if you assume it's the 110, I still think I would prefer the 110 than Tajay Spears, to be honest. Yes, even though it's a one quarterback league, it's like Spears is worth like a fringe first rounder, early second rounder. Devontae Adams is absolutely worth more than that, especially during the NFL season when he was putting up good production. You got fleeced on the Devontae Adams. A 202, again, essentially it's the 112 in a 10-man league, but it's a one quarterback to uh, 112. You got fleeced on the Devontae Adams. It's just like if we're we're, uh, like comparing assets here, you basically gave up a a 2025 first, which again, uh, I don't know if you tanked for the 101 this year or whatever the case may be, but you got the 101. I don't know. I'm assuming there's better teams in your league from a contending standpoint. Let's just call that 2025 first a mid projection. 2025 mid first and Devontae Adams, and all you can really speak for it is Tajay Spears, Algier, and the 202. Like you need to be getting more for that those aspects, point blank. Yeah, absolutely. So you jumped the gun. You, you, you hopefully you learn from it. Again, me and Danny yeah. made these deals back in 2019, 2020 when we were first learning to play Dynasty. So if you're new to Dynasty, again, you really don't want to jump the gun on your rebuilds. And I think that's what you've yeah. done here so far. Agreed. And it's definitely something that I would not advise advise you keep doing. Like I wouldn't, you know, continue the mistake. You need to recoup and regroup what you've done so far. I don't think selling the 107 in a one quarterback league for Devon HN was a bad move. I think that's, that's actually move. probably what he's worth, if not more. Um, or, Agreed. you know, wh- whatever you got him. One Oh seven is what like wide receiver five in this class, maybe RB one in this class Bowers, Odunze, those guys are gone. They're off the board. So that's a pretty good move for HN. I think that was a good trade. I just, the rest of the deals before are a little bit suspect. It's just iffy because, um, I never like trading away my 2025 first, uh, or my future, like my upcoming years, 2025 first at this point, unless I already know inherently I'm going to be a top three to four team. And I know that I can get a good price giving up my first. And you know, with certainty, more importantly, that you're going to be a top exactly. three to four team. You're like, you're hoping you're going to be a top three to four team. That's when you yeah. really get yourself in trouble. And that's when people like me and Danny buy your first, because yeah. you think you're a top three to four. It team ends up being the one four the road team. And it ends up being the 104 next year. And you're like, well, fuck, I just gave up the 104 in 2025 first or uh, in 2025 for Tajay Spears. And maybe that ends up being a running back that is just point blank valued higher than Spears. Yeah. You've now placed the expectation on Tajay Spears that he needs to be a bona fide RB1 in fantasy yeah. for you to win a championship. Pretty much. And that's also like in addition to the other stuff, like Fryermuth needs to be a top five tight end next year also. And yeah. Fields needs to be a top five quarterback. Like 10 teams start eight. We've beaten, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but you need to be loaded at every starting position. So again, uh, reach out to us if you have any questions. Again, 100%. I feel like you jumped the gun on this team. You probably uh, have some damage control to do. Um, and I would consider, you know, trusting the process, try and go get your 2025 first back if you can, um, see what you can do um, with your running back core as well. Yeah, 100% agree, and we can move on to the final uh, final team now, and that is going to be from Tim. So, uh, Flock, remember he said uh, right off the bat, just for context here, um, in terms of the deals, he feels like he made a good trade in October, bad trade in January. He was trying for a late first or early second for Najee, but this was the best offer he can get. We'll get to the second question in a second, but overall, we can go through the team. What are your thoughts on it? And kind of break down uh, what direction he needs to go. Yeah, so it's a 10-team super flex standard format. So quarterbacks are going to actually have a, a lot of value in standard in a super flex yep. league because you know position players are undervalued, especially wide receivers. Um, lineup, six point per passing touchdown also adds to the quarterback position. There is a wide receiver premium though. So it is a um, it looks like a full point PPR for wide receivers or maybe half PPR. I'm not sure exactly, but it does look like they've done something to balance the wide receiver position. Um, Anthony Richardson is the main quarterback. Doesn't really have a quarterback too with Kenny Pickett there. Spears, Gibson, these guys are all kind of upside plays. JSN, Pickens, Tyler Boyd, and some other guys there. McBride is the main tight end. 101, 102, 202, 206, 208, 209. Extra one in 2025. So again, 
pretty shaky roster right now, especially for a 10 teamer. You got Richardson, you got JSN, you got McBride, you got Pickens, you got Spears, and then not really much else. Yeah, I mean, the 101 and the 102 here are clearly going to help. You're going to be able to add Marvin Henderson Jr. You're going to be able to add Caleb Williams to pair next to Anthony Richardson and Kenny Pickett. Like, you have uh, a couple, like, cornerstone type of assets being added to this team. So if you were to slate it above, you have two, like, strong, strong quarterbacks in this format. Uh, you would have a really, really strong wide receiver with a couple decent options. But like Corey said, like, you still have a lot of work to do to be able to field a proper competitive team, in my opinion. Um, do have a couple trades listed down, but I'll, uh, you know, get your thoughts on the overall question of um, what direction he should go in. Yeah, I mean, you're at a point. These are tough. These are tough. When you're in a position like this yeah. where you don't have a whole lot of volume of assets, like the one team we looked at had like millions of picks where it's like you're going to hit on a lot of these if you can draft well and you're going to replenish this roster. Whereas with this team, it's like, you only have like five top 10 round startup picks on this team, right? Like the rest of the guys are like pretty much nobodies. Maybe one guy emerges here and there, but for the most part, you need to hit on your rookie picks to get this team better. And you don't have the volume of rookie picks that would, you know, be a quick turnaround, for yeah. example. So yeah, trading down and picking up players, not also a horrible idea either. Maybe not at 101 and 102, because you're going to get some stud assets there. Um, yeah. but at 202, 206, like if somebody wants your 202 because they love a prospect, they're going to give you um uh, 211 and a second in 2025, you're taking deals like that. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of stuff you need to be doing with this deal or with this first. team because you need accumulation of assets. And come next season, if Jerome Ford has a great stretch of time, like what I would have done if I was you was sell Jerome Ford during the season last yes. year because he is not gonna really affect your team and you could have cashed out for a second rounder, probably. Yeah, very easily. Uh, and we'll get through some of these deals. He does say uh, he doesn't like the January deal. And I mean, we'll get into it in a second, but I would agree with that sentiment. First of all, October deal. Michael Mayer, 109, Trevor Lawrence, Trey McBride. In a super flex format, you can make the, I mean, I would easily make the, I would much rather have Trevor Lawrence to Michael Mayer in the 109. So pocketing a free Trey McBride, you took this guy behind the woodshed and uh, you told him to take a lap afterwards. Yeah, unbelievable move. We don't even have to spend any more time on yeah. it. Unreal how that uh, materialized. January deal, like you said, not as great. Trevor Lawrence, mid to late one in 2025. You got Tajay Spears. Big Tajay Spears fans on this yeah. show. Maybe I'll throw him on the thumbnail of this video. Uh, <laughs> 2025, early first. So 101 potentially. Again, I would I still prefer Trevor Lawrence to an early projected first next year. Just given his solidified prospect profile, what he's done in the NFL so far. He's a quarterback. It's super flex. I would prefer him to even potentially Luther, Luther Burden, Burden or RB one or whatever quarterback emerges yeah, next year in 2025. And you gave up basically a mid to late one for Spears in the 206, which I think it, like on par is like an okay deal, but I'm not, I still would prefer the first rounder as well. So don't like this. Especially trade, in like this position. Sorry, I was just going to say, especially in this position of your roster, because you know you already have two picks banked up next year, you're probably not going to be a strong contender this year. Like, what is Tajay Spears really offering you? Like, if you were making this move because you wanted the potential production Spears could bring, that's one thing, but it's not like he's going to have a ton of value accumulation past a mid to late first projection. So buying him and inheriting that risk profile, I just don't understand personally. Yeah, you yeah I agree. Um, Najee Harris in the 302 for 208 and 209. Again, it is a 10 it's team fine, league, yeah. so it's actually the 206 and the 207 in a 12 team league. I, I get it. You wanted more for Najee Harris, but like sometimes people just don't yeah. like the player. And Najee yeah. Harris is a guy that people have soured on on the market right now. So if you had Najee Harris a year and a half ago, you probably should have sold him then when we were talking about selling him. But if you just got him recently or whatever, then I understand um, just selling him for like two projected, you know, mid-ish second rounders. You can replenish, maybe you hit on a Lad McConkey, maybe you hit on last year's Jaden Reed or last year's Rasheed Rice or last year's, you know, Sam Laporta, guys that were going relatively in this area. Hopefully you can get lucky and you hit on one of those guys and then you smash this deal out of the park. Yeah, no, I agree there. Um, overall, though, I mean, just stay the course. Uh, try to get assets as possible. Um, I mean, just because you traded for Tajay Spears for the mid to late first, if he goes out there and he is a top 12 running back in the first few games, I would try to get my first back. I would try to get at least that package. Maybe at that point, because people in your league are more willing to buy running backs, you can get a one and two and you take profit. But even if I have to, Tajay Spears showing out, go even on the deal that I got. Any type of first round equity, I'd be comfortable uh, dealing, especially in a 10 man. Yeah, he does actually have his own first. So he has an early okay, first perfect. in addition to his first. So he's probably going to have two top three to five picks in next year's class, which is good. 
I would say this year's class, again, knowing the strength of next year's class, knowing that you're going to need running backs for this team, you already have a stud tight end. You already have one stud quarterback. You're going to add another one. You're going to add Marvin to this team as well. Yep. Load up on wide receivers this year. It's a very deep wide receiver class. Grab Marvin, grab at 202, best receiver available. At 206, best receiver available. Like Unless you got screaming values at running back, Jatavian Sanders, whatever guy falls to you, I would be aiming for a lot of wide receiver talent in this class. If you can trade off of guys too during the season for 2025 picks, if you can sell Antonio Gibson after he signs a big free agent contract, like whatever you got to do to get more assets, to get more draft capital is what I'd be looking to do with this team. So that is the end of this video. Hopefully you guys stuck around all the way to the end. Really appreciate you guys. If you did, if you want to sign up over on flock fantasy to make sure you can get your team looked at as soon as possible. That is the fastest way to skip the line, the free submissions. It's a long line right now. We're going to try and get to as many as we can. It's a double-edged sword though. The more we do these videos, the more our flockers and our mother flockers are submitting teams. So it's hard for us to get to this free submissions. I know I wish we could do as many free submissions as we possibly could way back in the day. We were able to do way more, but at the same time, you're going to get plenty of other content on flock fantasy. Oh, yeah. If you check it out, dynasty trade calculator that has all of the customization that no trade calculator on the market has. You get our Dynasty Superflex overall rankings, our one quarterback rankings, our prospect rankings. The Wall Street Journal, our Dynasty Draft Guide, has 30 prospects, 30 player write-ups right now that you can check out this rookie class. We will be adding another 20 plus other sleepers outside of that 20. So make sure... Yeah, we're, we're going to have tons of content over there. You want to be tapped in and you want to get these uh, Dynasty Decisions submissions priority as just a basic necessity of your Flock Fantasy subscription plus a ton more. So if that interests you, link down below in the description. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.